Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Healing School. Amen. I am Pastor Leo, and I'm sitting in for Apostle Larry and Prophet Helen as they're out. Amen. Thank God for them, uh, praying for them. We know that they are blessed wherever they go, and that the Spirit of the Lord is always with them. And amen. And as our Sunday morning, as they taught in our Sunday morning service, their angels are surrounding and protecting them. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. And as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to be able to, to teach on Saturdays in healing school for them and trusting me, for God trusting me to be able to do this. And I do not take it lightly, the opportunity. And it's always a blessing because <laughs> revelation, I'm also receiving revelation knowledge. Amen. So as I'm teaching, the Holy Spirit is teaching all of us. Amen. And we are learning together. Amen. So, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this teaching that is coming forth today, your blessing. We thank you, Father, that we hear, we understand, and we apply it. And we just give you all the glory and honor and praise, and we thank you for your word manifested in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Well, <clears throat> I have a lesson I, I I did explain to Apostle in our uh, prayer time this week with the leaders, something was mentioned, and then I, they asked me to teach. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to teach on this. And he was like, okay, yeah, go for it. And uh, as I'm studying, the Holy Spirit started bringing some other stuff out. So the topic is what you hear, how you hear. And we're going to go through a bit of an introduction, and if I cannot finish today, I will humbly ask Apostle Aaron Prophet Helen if I can continue on next week. Amen. We're going to have a, a starting point, a launching point, and then we're going to get off into some things. Amen. So we encounter many people, situations, and circumstances daily, don't we? We do. All sorts of people, different personalities, sometimes good attitudes, sometimes bad attitudes, right? Situations and circumstances come up, good situations come up, some situations come up we don't really want to experience, we don't want to deal with, amen? <laughs> and uh, some situations that have happened even years ago, months ago, or even, again, years ago, seem to linger, the effects of it. Some people are still dealing with situations, circumstances that have happened in the past, and it's lingering, right? Mm -hmm. And it is important for us to understand how to handle them the right way, and watch this, have a landslide victory over them. I want to say that again. It is important for us to understand how to handle these situations, circumstances, how to deal with people from God's perspective, from the perspective of spiritual things, amen, and not from our flesh or our thinking, and have a landslide victory over them, amen. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 26, amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And as I read, I'm going to stop myself. Because like I said, as I was studying, the Holy Spirit began to point some things out, say some things. And I'm like, man, this is good. I want to share this. So we're going to get into it. And then we're going to go into the rest of the lesson. 
So it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And again, we are, I'm speaking at, from the speaking to the point of these landslide victories that we can have in our life. There's certain things we must do in order to experience those victories. A certain way we have to handle it. Amen. Whether it's healing, right? Because this is healing school. But healing is not just a physical thing for our bodies. Healing is is mental illness. So people need mental healings, emotional strains and stress that have come from situations that we've gone through, and it causes an emotional tear in our lives, right? And so now we need an emotional healing. Things people have done things that that we trusted, right? And now that trust is is broken, it's torn, and the most of the times it comes from someone who was very close to us, and it tears. We need a, we need an emotional healing. You know, I, I just love the life of Jesus. How he was, he experienced all things at all times, even friends falling away from him. You know. Peter said, man, I, Lord, I, I got you. I got your back. I'm going to be there for you. And Jesus told him, before the cock, cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times. So even Jesus experienced friends falling away. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he needed his friends there, he needed support. The friends fell asleep on him. They weren't there. He was there for them throughout his whole time. He was there for them. When he needed them to be there, it was falling asleep. It, it wasn't there. How many times have we experienced people not being there for us when we were there for them? So Jesus experienced all of these things. So these emotional strains, and we, and then a lot of times we get these emotional hurts, we get these mental hurts, right? Things in our mind, and it affects our body. It affects our body because now we're under the stress. The stress is putting a lot of pressure on us. Then all of a sudden these sicknesses come up and these ailments come up. And it's not always just from the eating. It could be the stress, right? It's not always just from the stress. It can be demonic. But Jesus, Jesus covered every base. Amen. So we want to know how to have these landslide victories, how to heal these things and experience these things. Amen. So again, Luke, again, for those who are just coming in, we're in Romans chapter 8. We're reading starting at verse 26. It says, likewise, again, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Man, isn't that awesome? Isn't that a great word? When we're weak, he helps. So a lot of people will expect to see God show up when they got it all together. No, he's showing up when you don't have it all together. When you are trying to figure things out, he's showing up. Amen? He's trying to figure these things out. He's trying to get things across to you. Amen? In your times of need, he's showing up. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. The Spirit himself intercedes for us. I'm going to stop, and if you have your Bibles, underline that. A lot of times we read that, and we just kind of read over it. Praise God, he intercedes for us. But he's praying for you. The same way you pray for a loved one, God, the Holy Spirit, is praying for you, with you. Amen? 
That's what the scripture says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So if we're gathered together in his name, praying, and he's in the midst of us, guess what he's doing? He's praying with us. Amen. So don't think when you're praying, you're praying alone. The Holy Spirit is joining in with your praying. When you say hallelujah, glory to God, Father, I thank you, I'm blessed. Father, I thank you, I'm healed. The Holy Spirit is right there in agreement with you, praying with you. Amen. So he's interceding for us with groanings too deep for words. He who searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit, knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Not according to your feelings. Not according to what you think is supposed to happen. Not according to how you feel is supposed to happen. Right? Not according to the way it's always been done. But he's doing it according to the will of God. It's the will of God for you to be healed. It's the will of, with the will of God for you to be blessed. It's the will of God for you to have peace and joy and favor. That's the will of God. So he's interceding for us according to the will of God. So take care of us to make sure we have those needs met, those things met, to make sure we're okay. He's, a, he's God. He's our father. He's provider. He's our king. We are his kingdom. We're in it. So the king has to make sure that the citizens of the kingdom are well taken care of, meaning that everything that they need is provided. Amen? So we are part of a kingdom. Not just, we're not a religion. We're a kingdom. That's what we are. That's what we are part of. And he's making sure his kingdom is taken care of. Amen? We know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And I know Apostle have touched on this. Again, like I said, as I was reading, the Holy Spirit just started pouring some things in, saying some things. But a lot of people misuse the scripture. We know that all things work together for good. And the Holy Spirit said, you know, Leo, a lot of people interpret this when they say all things, they think it includes all things. But he said, all things doesn't include everything. <laughs> and I know that sounds strange, right? It sounded strange when I said it, but all things does not include everything. For instance, we have you on the line, right? You're in your home. I'm in my home. I have authority and access to all things in my home, but not in your home. See, all things is specific to my location. I have access to all things in my location, my house. But that doesn't cover everything because if it covered everything, then that means I would have access to everything in your house. That's not true. So all things does not include everything. So when God is talking about all, when it says all things work together for good, it's talking about all things in God that belongs to him, that is his that he's Lord over. But all things does not include that car accident you got in. No, that does, like Apostle says, that does not work together for your good. That's not something that came from God. God is not just going around maneuvering cars to hit people. <laughs> no, he's not doing that. So all things does not include everything. All things within the kingdom of God is working for your good. 
all things that come from God, that come from his, his love, his joy, his peace, his favor, the blessing, healing, revelation knowledge, the anointing, right? The Holy Spirit, angels of God, the word, Jesus, they're working together for your good. Again, to those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the way the world does things, to their image, but be conformed to the image of his son. To be like him, fashioned after him, so that he might be the first among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, justified us. And those whom he justified, man, I love this, he also glorified. Glory to God. Say amen for that word glorified. Amen. That word glorified, we're going to look that up. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he did what? He also glorified. That's in verse 30. That word glorified means just read a few of these definitions, to praise, extol, magnify, to celebrate, glorify, to be celebrating you, to honor, do honor, hold in honor. He, he honors you, right? The way we honor him, he honors us. To make glorious, adorn with luster, clothed with splendor. He's clothing us with his glory, his splendor. To import glory to something Render it excellent. He's making us excellent. Glory to God. He's, he's glorifying us. We're glorified <clears throat> to make renowned, well-known, render illustrious. Man, you got to walk around today and say, you know what? I am glorified of God. I am illustrious. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. It sound, it's beautiful. Amen. To cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. To cause your healing and your the healing to manifest. Amen. That's part of his glory. When when you're sick or when you when something is going on in your life and the word of God begins to manifest itself, the glory manifests his love, his joy, his peace, his favor begins to manifest in your life and it begins to show up. Not just something we're hoping and praying for and believing for, but it's showing, showing up. And watch this. People can see it. Amen? People saw how God was delivering the people, children of Israel when they went in and took, took oh, and, and, and knocked down the walls of Jericho and all the things that God was doing. The other, other nations were afraid and fearful of them because they saw, man, God, man their God is powerful. They were afraid. At, certain, at at one point, and and that's why these walls were up. They they wouldn't. A lot of people thought <laughs> the Israelites thought a lot of times that they were you know like when they said we are like grasshoppers in their sight, not realizing that the enemy was looking at them in fear and trembling. Like man, their God is wipe. He's their God is strong, and they were fearful of that. See, but think about how they saw themselves. And, and and then they go and they man, we can't overtake this land because, you know, we grasshoppers. So they didn't go in because they had the wrong image. 
But the whole time, not realizing that the enemy was really afraid for them. to, They was like, man, we don't want them to come. Please. They probably was praying, please, God, don't let them Israelites come over here. <laughs> the enemy praying to keep you away from them. <laughs> Amen. So, but they knew they saw the power that God was, was showing for them, what he was doing for them. And eventually, of course, you know, they went over and blew the walls of Jericho down and all, all the things that God did do showed himself strong for them. Amen? So he's glorifying us. He's magnifying us. People can see it. Man, there's something about you. I just don't know what it is, but it's just, I want to bless you. You see it. It's seen. It's felt. Amen? What then shall we say to, say to these things? And verse 31, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If God is for us, come on, who can be against us? We say it all the time, right? And if God is for us, who can be against us? Satan can't be against us. Sickness and disease can't be against us, right? Poverty cannot be against us. Those people that are saying, you, you know, you can't do this. We're going to stop you from doing this, stop you from doing that. They can't be against us. Amen. Glory to God. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. If he didn't spare his own son for you, surely he can heal you. I mean, that was, that was huge. That was big. He didn't spare his own son. How much more will he freely give us all things? Just pause and think on that for a minute. Amen? Freely giving us all things. Glory to God. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who's going who's gonna to bring a charge against you? They wasn't the ones who delivered you. They didn't die for you. So who's going to bring a charge against you? It is God who justifies. So if God justifies you, the enemy can't bring no charge against you. Man, you see what they're doing? Uh, you see what they did? You see what they're doing? I'm sorry, uh, uh, Lucifer, I, Satan. I don't see that because it's been washed away. I don't. All I see is I see is me in them. Amen. He can't bring a charge against he. God only sees him in you because Jesus is is seated there by his side, presenting himself before the Father daily for us. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees that sacrifice. The priests in the Old Testament had to go before, go into the holies of holies and make sacrifices every year for, him, for themselves and for the people. But Jesus did it once and for all wiping it all the way. So now when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, God is He's presenting Himself before the Father for us. Look, look, look at your church. Look at your people. Look at your people, Father. Look. Look. They clean. They clean. And He's looking at us through those through the eyes of love and He's receiving us. That's why he, the scriptures now say we can boldly go before the throne of grace. We can have this relationship with the Father. He can come into us and speak with us and, and, and communicate with us. And then we get so caught up on what we're not doing right, 
you know, the more you focus on the things that you're not doing right and the mistakes you make, the more you continue to do that. What you hear and how you hear. <laughs> you're going to continue to doing that. But if you focus more on what Jesus did for you, meditated on what he did, meditated on what he sacrificed for us, the sacrifice he made for us, what he did, delivering us. Now we can go boldly before the throne. When we mess up, we try to hide ourselves the way that Adam and his wife did. No, 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 no. Don't hide yourself. Go before the Father. Lord, I messed up. Father, I thank you. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for Jesus coming down on the cross. And I thank you for your forgiveness, Father. I receive it. Help me in this area. Thank you, Father. Amen? So God justifies us. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Yes, who is risen, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Oh, my goodness. Jesus is there. There he is interceding, praying for you. He's praying for your healing more than you probably ain't praying for your healing. Right? He's praying for our deliverance more than we probably pray for our deliverance. He's praying for, our, for us to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, more than we probably pray for it. But he's there interceding for us, for the things that we need, interceding for us. Father, thank you right now. There is strength and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. He's interceding for us, for, to be, for us to be strengthened, empowered. Glory to God. More than conquerors. The head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going. He's interceding for us. He himself is praying for us. So why not let, join in with his praying? Say what he's saying. Glory to God. Isn't that good? You're not the only one just praying for your healing. The prayer team and the apostle and prophet, we, you on the prayer wall, if you on the prayer wall, loved ones on the prayer wall, we're not the only ones just praying for that. Jesus himself is interceding for that request as well, for the well-being. Glory to God. That's where our joy is. That's what we have hope in. Yes, he's praying, and then we go off on it. I believe. I have faith knowing that Jesus is interceding with me, for me, praying with me. But, Father, I thank you. I receive my healing now. Glory to God and get happy about it. Because guess what? You have it. Amen. Glory to God. I love this. It is Christ who died, yes, who is risen, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or swords, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because of what Jesus did, because God justified us, because he gave his only son who gave him for us freely, gave him up. How much more will he give us all the things that he has? Amen? Freely given us all things. He didn't spare his son. So we are more than Congress through him who loved us. That was a great, that was a deep love. Amen? Glory to God. Just stop for a minute. Thank God for his love. 
That was a deep love. It doesn't matter what we experience today, what we are experiencing, what we have experienced, what people might say, our own thoughts again, our own thoughts sometimes will, will will try to come against us and we talk ourselves out of things sometimes and we doubt. It happens. It comes up on the best of us. They try to the, your thoughts come in that thoughts you're not gonna be able to do this, you're not gonna make it out of this. Come on, man, you, you know, you ain't really, you know, you got good education, but, you know, you ain't really doing that good with it. I mean, you know a little something, but it ain't enough. You know how our thoughts try to fight us? You know, I just, oh, I'm just so stupid sometimes. You know, we say stuff. We got to be honest with ourselves. We, we Thoughts come. Don't, don't try, don't hide and run from it. Yes, deal with it. We face you face it head on. Yes, we do have these thoughts. These thoughts do try to come and attack us. But not even that can separate you from his love. He loves you deeply. Oh, my goodness. That love is so deep, your mind can't even, can't even understand it, to fathom it. We, we think about how much God loves us. Man, he gave up his only begotten son for us, his only son. Of himself, he took of himself, gave it up for us. You think of, hey, I could never without give up my child for the world. We we would we we wouldn't even consider giving up our child for a neighbor, even for a family member. Like if you let your son go and go in and serve this sentence, we let that loved one go. Um, they did the crime, they're going to have to pay the time. <laughs> You're not going to do it. <laughs> but that love was deep. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we just have to sit and take our mind off of the things going on within us, around us, and just deeply meditate on how much God really loved us. You know, we, we, we quote that scripture, for God so loved the world. You know, that he gave his only begotten son. We we quote that scripture. I don't think people really meditate on the depth of that scripture. Sometimes we just need to stop and think about that. Glory to God. You can get healed off of that. You can get delivered on that. When you begin to realize how much he loves you, what he did, what he's what he has already provided, the length, the extent that he went. Come on, let's talk about it. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's talk about it. Do you? Jesus did not just become a person with cancer on the cross. No, 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 no. If he had be, just become a person with cancer, that was not destroying it at the root. He had he had to become cancer itself at the root. The spirit behind cancer, the spirit behind AIDS, the spirit behind murder. He had to become that, the very thing he despised, the very thing that he hated, the very thing that he was protecting us from. He had to become that. And that's deep. He had to become that to deliver us from that. He had to become, he didn't just become a person with COVID-19. In his spirit, he became COVID-19. 
He had to become that. Everything. He had to become it at the root of it. The spirit behind that had to be attached to him. He became one with that thing to separate you from it. Man, that's deep. That's love. That love is deep. That love is strong. He became that to deliver us from it at the root. He had to become the root of that thing. Not the he had to become the root of that thing. The spirit. I'm gonna just keep I know I'm repeating myself, but I need to for you to understand how deep that was. He became sin itself. He didn't just become a sinner on the cross. He became sin himself, the very thing that he told Adam and his wife, don't eat that tree. He had to become that. <sighs> Come on, man. Think about that. That sickness you're dealing with, he became that to deliver you from that. So you can be free. That negative thought, he became the spirit behind that to set you free, to deliver you, to make you whole. That pain from that experience and that relationship, he became the spirit behind that so you can be free. He didn't become a person who was rejected. He became rejection, the spirit behind rejection itself. The spirit of inferiority itself, he became that. So that you can be free. We all can be free. That's love. That's love. So now when we understand this love, man, I didn't mean to go off like that. <laughs> but glory to God, when you just think about how he loves us, the passion behind it, growing in that understanding, walking in that, understanding that love. Saints, God loves us. God loves us more than we can understand, more than your mistakes, <laughs> right? More than your 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 weaknesses more than your what you feel you're inferior to more than your shortcomings more than that bad attitude you might have sometimes come on we all get touched sometimes <laughs> right something uh rubs us the wrong way and uh we react suddenly he loves you more than that he loves you more than that he loves you more than that to not allow that to separate you know in the natural a person can do one little thing and we just ready to cut them off and not deal with them at all no more. Right? They say one thing wrong, they do one thing wrong, they they, they you know, they uh they do what we told them not to do and you just ready to cut them off like a job. They do one thing wrong, they're out of here, you're fired. We're ready to fire people, <laughs> right? Nah. Nah, he loves you more than that. He's not firing you. He's not letting you go. He's not giving you a pink slip. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. And nothing can separate you from that. Come on, let's read it. Come on. 
Come on, let's look at it again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Man, verse, glory to God. Verse 34. I'm going to read the last, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? No. For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He did that. He did that. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, come on, neither angels, nor principalities, nor powers, no demon, nothing. Neither things present nor things to come, no situation, circumstance, nor height, nor depth. I don't care how high I go or how deep you think it goes, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you. Absolutely nothing. And because you can't be separated from that love, you provided for. You are healed. You are delivered. Knowing that this love is never ending, we develop patience. Okay, you know what? I know you love me. I love you. And I thank you for healing. And we go on. We go on our day. Resting in that love. I'm healed. I'm healed. And out of that love, guess what? You go and lay hands on other people. Get them healed. Show the devil how crazy he is. He trying to attack you and all the trying to get you to think about how bad this sickness is or this situation is. And you have the nerve to go and lay hands and pray for people that's going through the same thing. You mean to tell me you're going through all of this and you have the nerve to pray for somebody else that's going through the same situation as you? Yep. Why? Why would you do that? Because, man, look, I love me. <laughs> He's already provided it. So I'm joyful. Glory to God. I'm happy. I'm excited. Amen. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to do for somebody else that, that, that I know God has done for me. Man, talk about get the devil mad. <laughs> I mean, it's about time we do it, right? He always trying to make us mad and get us off track and get us upset. Start making him mad. You know, be crazy sometimes and make him mad. Make him run. Oh, Lord, they don't woke up again. Oh, I thought I, I thought I was putting enough sleep on him. I was trying to get him to get an extra hour of sleep, and they woke up. Oh, now he calling on the Lord. Lord, help me. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Put the devil on the run. Amen. God loves us. He loves us. Glory to God. He loves us. Amen. Now, all of that I said, I'm going to touch on this lesson just a little bit. But we read all of that. God is for us who can be against us. We are more than conquerors. How deep God's love is, right? This sounds awesome, right? <laughs> it all sounds good. People read that. We go to church. We hear all of that stuff. Sounds good. Sounds awesome. But sadly, not many believers are experiencing, are experiencing the victory of being more than a conqueror. Isn't that something? For some, we experience a trickle here and there. For others, 
it flows, but for the most part, we don't experience the fullness and exceeding greatness of his power as stated in Ephesians 1 and 19. Amen? For the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Why is that? This is the trillion-dollar question. <laughs> Amen? Many believers ask many questions. These are a few of the questions that people ask, that we, we ask. Who said? Where is it going to take place? When is it going to happen? Why hasn't it happened? Come on, I've found myself asking that question before. There are not, these are not the important questions. Right? These are not the important questions. We are going to address, address that so that we can walk in the fullness of what our Father has already provided. The first question that we should ask is what we hear, what you hear. Let's look at Mark. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, 20 through 25. Amen. Give you time to turn to it. Mark chapter 4, verses 20 through 25. Amen. And it says, still others... Still others are seeds sown on good ground. Those who hear the word and receive it, that word hear, hear the word and receive it, right? As Apostle always says, they, we come to hear and be healed. Amen? And bear fruit 30, 60, or 100 fold. And he said to them, is a candle brought to be put under a basket or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed. Neither is anything kept secret except to be proclaimed. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He said to them, take heed what you hear. The measure you give will be measured for you. And to you who hear will more be given. For to him who has will more be given. And from him who has not will be taken even what he has. Take heed what you hear. And, you know, we went through all of that, like I said before, the love of God, we are more than conquerors, you know, head not the tail, above only not beneath. You know what we quote. <clears throat> I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. I'm filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. You know how we talk. We say all of those good things, right? But then you take heed, take heed to what you hear. We hear a lot of things every day through conversations, sermons, lectures, commercials, TV shows, movies, and radio. Some of the things said are good, and some of the things that we hear that are said can be, as they say, uncouth. <laughs> unmannerly, <clears throat> not becoming, right? Then there are things that we hear from situations or circumstances. When a person receives a bad report that they have cancer, that somebody was in an accident, that situation speaks to them. It'll say you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it out of this. No one has survived. You might as well give up. 
That situation will begin to talk to you. That mountain of debt will speak to you. Man, you're going to lose everything. <laughs> You'll never pay this off. What kind of parent are you? When you leave the earth, you're leaving your children, your debt, and no inheritance? Oh, my gosh. Man, you're never going to be able to overcome that. Family issues will speak to you. It may say we'll never get, we never get things right. Why did I marry this person? My children will never get it together. The job will say, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. These people don't respect me. This isn't enough money. How can I survive? The government is wrong for how they're cutting all of this stuff. Amen? The business will say, you should have never started this. What were you thinking? You are going to fail. You're not qualified to do this at all. Then on the flip side, we'll say, you'll hear God say, you're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, and yet you still have no results. People still have no results. Even though, even though God is saying this, Jesus had, we, people still having no results. They heard it say it. So we see that these issues are saying something. The word of God is saying something as well. So what is the deal? You know, we talk like that. You're like, man, God, come on, man. What's the deal? You know, I mean, all this is being said. What's going on? Why, why are we not seeing it? Why is it that I'm not seeing anything manifest? Mark 24 clearly states, again, I'm going to read it again. It states, take heed what you hear. That's what it stated, right? It did not say take heed of what it said. Now, don't throw your rocks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not supposed to take heed to what Jesus said. That's not what I said. Understand. What was said is important. What Jesus said is important. All of the things that God said to us in the scripture is important. But he said take heed to what you hear. He did not say he, he wants you to receive what was said, but you have to take heed to what you hear. See, that is the difference. What is said is one thing, but what you hear is another. Just because you hear that, that's, you know, Apostle Prophet said this is the year of believing the impossible. Those things that you couldn't get done, you can get it done now. One another year was miracle signs, wonders, and family restoration. Right? But that doesn't mean that that's what you heard. What you hear is what you are thinking. So you should ask yourself, well, what am I thinking? Take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you're thinking. Because we're going to look at an example. I mean, it's a <laughs> go over to God. We've got to take heed to what we're hearing. Just like we read today, we are more than conquerors. God said that. But then, you know, a person can, say, can, can, hear, can hear that being said, and yet still hear something totally different in their mind? Come on, we, we know, we understand. We understand. Look at Mark chapter 11, familiar scripture. And we're going to be finishing up soon. I want to take my time. So if I, again, if I don't get it finished today, I will humbly ask Apostle Larry, Prophet, if I can continue on next week. 
Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. We've heard Apostle and Prophet bring this out before as well. On the next day, when they had returned from Bethany, he said he was hungry. Seeing from afar a fig tree with leaves, he went to see if perhaps he might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing except leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Jesus said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Amen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 18 through 22. Amen. Make sure you write these scriptures down. I want you to go back and, and study it. Amen. Go over to God. Find joy in studying the word. And reading his word. Amen. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he became hungry. This is another version of the same. The same story, but just a different book. Amen. He became hungry. When he saw a fig tree by the road, he went to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. He said to it, let no fruit ever grow on you again. Immediately, the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed, saying, how did the fig tree wither away instantly? Jesus answered them, truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea, it will be done. And whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe, you will receive. The fig tree represents a situation, a circumstance that you may encounter. When Jesus came to the tree, the situation said something to him. What did it say? Maybe it said you are going to starve because <laughs> he was hungry, right? Man, you're about to starve today. Or you're not eating today, buddy. Or he could have said, if you don't eat, you're going to die. So you may as well dig a hole and jump in because you're not going to make it any further. Jesus encountered the situation, and the situation spoke, but that's not what Jesus heard. What did Jesus hear? What he heard. Amen? In Matthew, he says he heard, let no, this is what he heard, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And Mark says, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. The, the fig tree spoke. You're not going to eat. You're, gonna, you're not going to make it. You're not eating today. That's what the fig tree said. But Jesus heard something different. And he responded based on what he heard. Amen. Studying the situation, I wondered, why would Jesus tell a tree with no fruit, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever, and no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever? If there was already no fruit on it, why would he say that? Amen. Didn't make sense because there was no fruit on it anyway, and no man was eating fruit from it either. Or were they? Then I realized that Jesus wasn't just speaking to the tree, but he was speaking to a situation that had been lingering. When we say we have some situations in our life that may linger, that had been lingering for quite some time. It was the curse speaking to him through the fig tree. 
come on, we've experienced situations in the past, we thought we got over it, then all of a sudden something new shows up and it reminds us of something that happened. And so we relate the two and we respond the same way and we engage the same way, right? It was reminding us. So the situation that was occurring through the, through the fig tree wasn't just that the fig tree didn't have fruit. It was the fact that the curse was speaking to Jesus through the fig tree. Amen? It was a lingering situation. It was the curse speaking to him. And he was speaking to the curse that occurred in the garden. You got to remember. You got to go back and study. Adam and his wife wrapped fig leaves around. After they sinned, they wrapped fig leaves around themselves in the garden to cover their nakedness. That's Genesis 3 and 7. So Jesus was addressing the situation, not based on what was said, but what he heard. Amen? The curse is still talking today, and people are hearing the curse speak and have turned their ear to what God is saying. Amen? So the curse is talking. The curse was speaking. The fig trees, no fruit on it, fig leaves. Adam and his wife wrapped, Adam and Eve wrapped themselves in fig leaves after they sinned. It's a representation of the curse speaking. That sickness in your body, that family relationship, that marital situation, the children, the child, the business, the, everything, the neighborhood, the community, the schools. The curse is speaking to us in all of these different, different situations. Man, you're going to hell in the handbasket. These children, they're not going to make it. Your marriage not going to make it. Your family not going to make it. Your job not going to make it. You're going to lose that job. You're going to lose that business. The curse, the curse, the curse, the curse, the curse is speaking all the time. Jesus, he heard what was said. He heard the curse when it said. But he was so full of the spirit. Oh, glory to God. He was the word full of revelation and power. He heard something different. So the curse can say what it wants to. To hear the word, you know, not that many people have survived from this from this sickness. My God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory. He sent His word and healed me and delivered me from all my destructions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of, his, of my peace was upon Him. With His stripes, I've already been healed. See, just because that was said. Doesn't mean that's what you heard. Jesus can, God can say, man, all of your debts are canceled. He said that, but what people hear is, man, I don't believe that. <clears throat> I got all these bills sitting in front of me. You're going to tell me all my debts are canceled, and I'm looking at all of these bills. These bills are sitting in my face telling me I'm not going to make it. Right? Glory to God. But that's what people hear. People hear, I'm blessed. Man, God has blessed you. And some people will hear, I'm not blessed, man. You know, I'm still struggling. I'm suffering. I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. I'm just tired of dealing with the situation. I mean, they don't, they don't love me. They don't respect me. They're saying this. They're saying that. I want to get rid of everybody. That's what some people hear. See, God said, I will restore you and your family. Your marriage is blessed. Your home is blessed. Your children is blessed. But some people continue to hear what the curse is saying. 
They continue to hear the curse talking. They continue to meditate on what the curse is saying. Well, you got to hear what God is saying. I love you. I love you. I'm delivering you. I'm setting you free. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Amen. I am going to have to cut it off here. Amen. But I pray that you did receive something today. Amen. I pray that um, God bless you. If we apply it, if we understand how much he loves us. He understand that we understand how much he, he did for us, how deep he went to deliver us and set us free. Amen. What he became to set us free. The very thing he despised and hated, he had to become that in order to deliver us and then deliver it to hell so that we can be free. We're free. In Christ, we are free. In Christ, we have been separated from that curse, that sin. Jesus did not sin on the earth. He became sin on the cross for us. Not just a sinner. Sin. I need you to understand that. And now we have to renew our mind so we are not hearing what the curse is saying, but that we are hearing what God is saying. The curse, will, it, the curse still speaks to us through anger, frustration, through social media, the news, all of the stuff going on in the news and the killings, the racial stuff, all of this foolishness that people are talking about that is doing absolutely no good for nobody at all. Some of the point of views and opinions and are just so all over the place. There's no morality in it. Nothing at all. They're just saying stuff and doing stuff that makes them feel good. Right? Stop, let's cut the news off. Sometimes when I'm in a car driving, I'm just listening to the wind blowing through the window. <laughs> Amen. I had the radio off. I don't even listen to music when I drive sometimes. If I do listen to something, it's Apostle Aaron, Prophet Helen, or Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. Or something else. But I very rarely listen to any music. Or silence. Or I'm praying. Or I'm talking. But sometimes we have to cut these things off. We have to cut these voices off. We trying to you want to be healed, you want to be blessed, you want to be delivered, you want to be set free. But we, we, we continually give ourselves to listening to things that don't support that vision, that don't support that thought. Or that, that thing that we, we're looking for, or the blessing that God is trying to get to us, the things we listen to, the conversations we get involved in, don't support that. If it doesn't support what it is that you're believing for, then we shouldn't entertain it at all. If that thought does not support, if you want to have a healthy marriage or a strong family bond or healing in your body, then you should not be listening to anything that contradicts that. Even the thoughts that come into your mind, no, this is not what I'm believing for. I am not going to think about you. I cast you down in the name of Jesus. I am healed. I am blessed. Marriage is restored. Family restored. And you just 
eat every scripture you can find to support that. Amen?